Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I'm excited to welcome to the podcast Tim Evanicki. He has a fantastic website that we are going to hear all about because he has a fantastic program that you're going to want to know about teachers um, called the College Audition. Uh, Tim is based in Orlando, Florida, but he is all over the place. And if you've been to thespian festivals or anything at all, I am sure you have seen seen him or seen his work. So, Tim, welcome to the show. Um, I'm excited to hear all about what you've got going on. Uh, but first, just introduce yourself and kind of uh, give us your journey to how we got where we are now. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, uh, I sort of came upon college audition coaching in in an indirect way. Um, I, I uh, went to Juilliard for vocal performance. And while I was at Juilliard, um, uh, you know, I was there. They don't have a musical theater program. So I, I, I went there because it was a big name. And because my teachers told me all through high school that Juilliard was just where I was going to school. And um so when I, I, I went, uh, I sort of realized that um, opera was not something that I particularly enjoyed doing all that much. It was something that I just did well. Um, and so I sort of developed a passion for working with students and sort of helping them find uh, and, and, and pursue the degree programs that are, are right for them. So when I uh, was done at Juilliard, I moved down to Orlando and started a voice studio. Um, and was preparing my students for their college auditions and sort of quickly became the go-to musical theater uh, voice studio in Orlando. Um, and then as college audition coaches sort of became a thing about 2007, my students were using these coaches and I was happily sending them along um, thinking that they obviously knew something that I didn't. Uh, but then, you know, as more and more coaches came along uh, I started to notice some things happening that I didn't necessarily agree with. Like some of the coaches were, you know, using non-compete clauses and things so that I couldn't work with my voice students on their college audition material. And to me, that was crazy because I, I obviously knew their voices better than this coach that worked with them for a couple of months. Um, so about 2000, it was 2017 that I had a student go through and use a college audition coach. And I was chatting with the mom one day and then the mom casually mentioned that she invested about $11,000 in this college audition coach. And um, yeah, that's that wow. face that you just made is the same <laughs> one that I made. Wow. Um, so it was then that I said, you know what, that doesn't make any sense to me. I know these college programs. I know, you know, a lot of the, the people who run them, um, my kids are getting into them. Um, there's no reason that students have to pay that much. So um, I decided that I was going to put all of my my knowledge down in a book. Uh, called the college audition and and i self-published it on amazon um and people started buying it and it got me some recognition right off the bat and then i started doing this on a more national level um and i was you know before long with you know within a year or so i was traveling every weekend to festivals festival festivals and things uh 
and most of my students were were no longer in Florida. They were coming from all over the country. Um, and so now here I am uh, four years later or so, and um, I still teach voice, but now it's more about, um, you know, students that are coming to me to prepare for their college auditions, specifically for voice, but um, it's mostly, you know, just the college and coaching gig. And it's, um, it's been incredibly rewarding. Like I said, I, I, I went to Juilliard um, because of the name and I never should have. Um, I was sort of enamored with the prestige of that and I chose the wrong school. So I am very passionate about making sure that my students are picking the program that's right for them, not just the biggest name. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear how, because um, you, you shared before you, you, um, you moved down to Orlando to, to start your studio that you, you were involved with students and you realized that that's, that's kind of where your heart was and, and coaching them. Um, what, what, mm-hmm. what, what was that experience like for you that, that made you want to, to work, with, work with kids in this capacity? Um, I was, uh, my summers um, from Juilliard, I was going to upstate New York where I'm from and um, sort of worked my way up the ranks and became the education director of um, a musical theater summer camp um, in Rochester, New York. And, um, you know, as much as, of course, we all love to stand on stage and be clapped at, um, I certainly... Uh, found it way more rewarding um, working with students and preparing them for something and, and standing in the back of the theater and watching my students get the applause um, and and seeing the, the, the changes that I can make in their life. And, um, you know, I never take for granted a, a small um, comment or, or compliment that may mean nothing to me at the, at the time can have such a huge impact on a student. And that was never lost on me. Um, you know, you, you can see a change in a student in just a couple of months of working with them. And that to me just sort of, I don't know, tugged on my heartstrings or something. And uh, it completely changed my outlook on, on and, and my trajectory on, on my career. And it just, it made me realize that, that working with the students is what I wanted to do more than standing on a stage myself. I hear that. I, I think, uh, I think that will resonate with a lot of teachers um, and, and kind of how they, they got where they are. Um, so I have had, I've had a few students go um, into some, some major programs uh, along the way. And there were definitely things that I was not prepared to, to help them with, uh, with those auditions. So um, I'm sure there are some teachers wondering right now, why would we send our kids to you? What, what, what are you offering that, I, and, and again, full disclosure, I knew there were some things that I was not prepared to help them with. So what, why would we send them to you? What I've noticed working with teachers um, and getting to know some of these high school teachers throughout the country is um, you guys have so much on your plate already. And a major part of your job is just the show production. Um, and, and, and oftentimes you don't have enough hands to, to do that without climbing up a wall yourself um so uh, i think the bandwidth of, and the attention that the students actually need in the preparation is sometimes just not just not able to be accomplished with with unfortunately the the, the budgets and short amount of time that the, the the high school teachers have and and that is not me downplaying by any means what the capabilities are um i just mean that you know the students um 
need much more than just doing the shows. Um, you know, they, they need, they need the time finding the monologues and, and, and the songs and writing the essays and, and all of that, that, you know, you guys just don't have the time to do. And not just the, the one-on-one time with the students, but it is a full-time job for me to keep up my relationships with all of these college programs to know exactly what it is that they're looking for, um, to keep up with the, the changing college audition process. And just, I mean, COVID in the last couple of years has completely changed so much of it that there's absolutely no way that, that you guys could um, stay on top of it the way that it's just my job to do. You guys wear so many hats. And uh, frankly, that is not an enviable job. For, I mean, I, I, you guys have skill sets that I do not have and I don't want to have. Um, I am in awe at what the high school teachers do uh, in the theater programs with what little they have um, to do it with. And, um, you know, it's my job to take those students that um you know want to do this take this in a more serious direction and give them that attention um you know some of the things that the students are always shocked about is the audition is only one part of it um you know you're the kids are auditioning for depending upon their talent level and you know if they're male identifying or female identifying could be 15 20 sometimes 22 schools um that you have to prepare the auditions for but that also comes with about 15 essays that they have to write on top of that. And um, a wild card video that that is a relatively new thing too. And, and the dance pre-screens that, um, you know, there, there's just no, there's no way that you guys could or should um, have to take all of that on in addition to all the things that you have to do. Um, so I, I pride myself in keeping my finger on the pulse of exactly what it is these schools are looking for. You, you mentioned yourself that I travel pretty much every weekend and while I'm traveling and teaching these workshops, I always make it a point to stop in to the schools and, and keep up my relationships with them so that I, I know, um, you know, what it is that they want to see this year. And many times the, the schools will reach out to me and say, hey, Tim, we are really looking for, um, you know, Hispanic male dancers this year. So send us everyone you have. And, and that's something that, you know, I would have that information more so than the high school teachers mm-hmm. would have. Yeah. And I, I've, I've, I've been poking around your website and, and digging into that, um, the college audition.com. Um, and from my, my digging there, there, I don't get that, that feeling of, um, thank you teachers. You've done enough. We can take it from here. Um, it, it is that you, you want to support and assist what, what they're doing. And, and like you shared, their plates are full. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that's why I, you know, I offer to come into high schools for free. Um, if, if you want uh, me to come into your school and I'm, if I'm in the area, great. Um, or I may just, you know, ask you to cover my travel. I will come in and do a workshop with your students uh, and the parents, because it's oftentimes the parents that need this information even a little bit more than the students do. Um, and, and that's something that I, I love doing. I just did it with, um, Josh Denning at McCallum High School in Austin, Texas. I, I went in and uh, taught uh, a workshop with his kids, and you know they all brought in their contrasting songs, and um, I, I went through the materials and stuff with them. And it's something I love doing, and I do it completely free of charge um, to do those workshops and things. So, if there's any teacher out there that that feels like they have a group of students that's going to be taking this more seriously, um, I'm happy to do it. Just reach out. So. 
you mentioned a little bit ago about um, how it's it's a, it's challenging keeping up with with things that are that are constantly changing and um, not just with the universities but in the industry and um, mm-hmm. like you shared with COVID in the last year and a half and and still going on. Um, what are some of those big changes that you have noticed over the course of your time doing this um, that that teachers may or may not have noticed or, or may not be aware of? Well, just a couple of years ago, they rolled out um, finally and thankfully they rolled out the common and free screen, um, which was a major change that I, I was jumping up and down and, and, and is so excited for uh, um, because it used to be pre-screening filming took a whole day for every kid because even though most schools wanted two contrasting songs and two contrasting monologues, some of them were filmed full body, some of them were three-quarter length, some of them were up close, and we just had to keep filming and filming and filming. And then they finally almost every school, um, at least most of the main programs out there now, all follow those common pre-screens. So that was a nice addition. Um, there was uh, talk of a, a, a common dance pre-screen uh, requirement too that was coming out and then COVID uh, sort of put the kibosh on that because all the kids had to submit their own individual dance audition videos last year, which was uh, a bit of a wrench in the gears, um, which we were super excited that the pre-screens was, was streamlined and then, oh, just kidding, you need 20 separate dance videos oh filmed and submitted. <laughs> so thanks for that, COVID, last year. Um, but this year, you know, there's a lot of um, schools that are offering still the virtual audition um, op- option um, for the students. And, you know, college auditioning is a skill set unto itself. College auditioning on Zoom is a completely different skill set um, that I think I've got the hang of now. It certainly took us, you know, trial by fire for a year to do it, but we're all real good at it now, um, and and that's something um, that we're we're dealing with at this point. But you know, navigating things like the like, like Unifieds, Unifieds, everyone knows about Unifieds. You you go to New York, Chicago, and L.A., um, and all you know, several of the schools are there. Chicago's the biggest one, but just a couple of years ago, the year before uh, COVID, um, you know, I would have students that would just go to Chicago Unifieds having not applied to any of the schools in advance. And they were going strictly with the plan of doing walk-in auditions. Uh, and uh, I remember one of my students, Rachel uh, Lofman, went to Unifieds and walked into like 16 schools. And she just did it um, because she knew she was a little bit behind in the application process and wanted some safety nets uh, set out for her. And I thought that was a great idea. Just the year after uh, that, which was the, the, the February that basically right before COVID hit in March, um, it was a struggle for a student to get three or four walk-ins just because the numbers had grown so much that the schools didn't even have that as an opportunity yet. And I could sort of see that going in, you know, being, being in touch with all the schools in advance. I saw, you know, Guys, walk-ins are not going to be a thing this year, so we need to plan ahead and make sure that that um, is is something that you're ready for. Apply to these schools in advance. Don't think you're going to get the walk-ins. And there were so many students that were caught off guard mm. because of that. And you never know year to year as to what's going to happen. Um, you know, we were all, we didn't know last year with COVID if it meant the numbers were going to skyrocket because people weren't going uh, to have to go through all the expense of travel and all of that, or if the numbers were going to crash way down. And what we found in most cases, I think on average is that 
the numbers stayed the same. Um, you know, there was still an increase, but it was a normal increase year over year. So it didn't have much of an impact, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it's a it's a living, breathing monster, this process. Um, and oftentimes when we start it uh, right about now, August, September, we don't know how it's going to even end up as far as the, the numbers go. Um, so that's, again, just something that, you know, it's my full-time job to keep in touch with these colleges and, and know what's going on. Um, and, and so I can help my clients plan. Well, I think, I think what you shared is, is really important to hear because I think being on faculty at, at a university, we don't even know what those numbers are looking like. We don't, you know, we, we get surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I was only anticipating about mm-hmm. six or seven new incoming students this year based on last year in the recruitment. I have 17. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I'm busting at the seams and that was not where we expected to be with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. well, tell us what, what do you do? What is your program? Tell tell us about it. Why, <laughs> why spend the money to hire you? What do you do? What do I do? Well, um, <laughs> the, the process, <laughs> I start working with students uh, in January of their junior year. Um, and the very first thing that we do, um, students will sit with me and we'll do the research to sort of curate their list. And I think that I spend a little bit more time on that process than a lot of the college audition coaches out there do that focus mostly on the just the audition portion mm-hmm. specifically. Um, but I strongly believe, and again, it goes back to making sure that you're choosing the right program for you, not just a big name school. I strongly believe that if you do that research uh, up front and in the beginning, it's going to make the the end of the process much easier on you because it's the worst thing in the world when a kid gets to the end and you know they may be sitting on five or six acceptances but because they didn't do their research in the beginning they're not excited about any of those acceptances that they have in front of them so we want to make sure that every school on your list is a good fit in both directions meaning not only are you going to be excited about the school but having done this now for 17 years i know that um the school is going to be excited about you in return based on on who you are as an applicant. Um, After we make that list, um, I'm helping students fill out their applications. We work on Common App Coalition, all of those different applications, the individual applications are on the college's websites. And then um, we're writing the essays with the students as well. And and I help them uh, make sure those essays are done because again, those essays are the biggest surprise for the students who just think they need uh, you know, a couple songs and a monologue, um, but they forget that there are 15 or more essays that they're going to have to be writing. And some of those are long thousand word essays. Some of them are short little 30 word answers like at Elon, but it's still work that has to be done. And it's if anything is gumming up the process or slowing it down, it's usually those essays. Um, once the applications and things are done, we're filming pre-screens with the students. And that's sort of what I'm in the throes of right now. I um, travel around quite a bit this time of year and go to some of the major cities and my students will meet me there to film the pre-screens. Um, we submit those pre-screens and everything and, and here's a little bit of free coaching for everyone who's listening. I encourage everyone to have their applications and pre-screens submitted no later than October 1st. Even though the deadlines are later, um, you want them submitted early so you can have your answers early so that if the worst happens and you're not passing a lot of your pre-screens, you have time to regroup and submit to additional schools before those deadlines actually hit, as opposed to submitting them the day before the deadline, not getting the answer until several weeks after the deadline, and then you're sort of just stuck with whatever's left. 
Um, but we, we um, help the students submit all their applications and pre-screens, schedule their live auditions. Um, I'm on the ground with them uh, at Unifieds. We have our own auditions here in Florida that are completely free. We don't charge the schools to attend and we don't charge the students to attend either. Um, but we have what's called the Florida Combined Auditions that happen in Tampa in January. Um, and we partner with the Strass Center and Patel Conservatory there um, to offer that. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the process, I'm with the students all the way through negotiating financial aid uh, with them. And, um, you know, I always say I'm with you right until you're packing them up in the car and shipping them off. Um, I help find um, private scholarships and things for them as well. Um, I have uh, two associate coaches that work with me uh, in a, uh, as well that, that will help with materials. Um, a lot of the uh, um, sort of procedural stuff is always done with me. And students can work exclusively with me through the whole process. But I have two coaches that I bring on um, to help with songs and monologues just because I know they bring things to the table that I don't have. Uh, and I want to make sure my students have everything they, 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 they need. Um, in addition to the one-on-one -on -one coaching that we just talked about, that whole process, we do group coachings uh, once a month where I bring in chairs of departments so the students can sit and chat with um, those chairs and get to know different schools um, and just ask questions and have some face time with those um, department chairs so that we're creating a safe and comfortable audition room ultimately because when you walk into that live audition, you've already met the person behind the table and you're comfortable with them. Um, and then of course we offer several workshops, uh, throughout the year. We do on campus workshops with, uh, the colleges. We bring, um, college faculty to us as well. Um, we have our, our conservatory that happens in the summer in Florida. Um, this past year we were in Miami beach. Um, but we are coming back to Orlando this summer, this coming summer, uh, July 10th through the 18th, where we bring in 10 colleges. Uh, and they, they work uh, with the students for a full week um, uh, through master classes and things. Uh, we have a celebrity master class that happens halfway through the week. And then at the end, we do mock auditions um, for those 10 colleges and we invite additional schools. So the, at, at the end of the day, the students are getting feedback forms from about 20 different colleges um, that all the feedback forms all say, you know, between now and when you actually audition for us, these are your areas of improvement. And that's a very valuable thing. My students keep those feedback forms and they pull them out right before they're walking into their audition rooms, um, you know, at Unified, almost eight, nine months later. The other exciting thing about our conservatory is that it's for parents too. Um, and, and about 50% of our students travel with parents and the parents have their own workshop group. So the parents actually get to meet with all the faculty from the colleges as well. We also do a financial aid workshop for them and some other um, parent roundtables and things, just giving them tips on how to navigate through this process as well and stay sane uh, through the whole thing. And, and that's something that's really exciting too. We, we do the conservatory at a, at a nice resort here in Florida. So, so um, it ends up being a really nice week for both parent and student as well. Um, so yeah, that is, that's pretty much the, the, the gist of what we do, but we're always reinventing ourselves and, as new things come up, we, we, we try to offer some sort of workshop or something to, to accommodate that. I think that's so smart um, uh, to involve the parents, uh, to teach the parents, um, and 
So they, they are mm-hmm. they are educated and part of the process. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, I teachers, I hope you listened to everything that Tim just shared. Um, think about, and, and this is why I, I, I was excited when you reached out to me about being on the on the show and looking through your website. Um, I, I couldn't have done this in the classroom. I couldn't, I couldn't have had the time to do all of this. Um, and, and literally holding that student's hand, getting them through that process. So I, I appreciate what you're offering and, and I hope teachers will check this out and, and encourage their students and parents to, to look into your program because after you share the $11,000 price tag that was attached to that, that one of your early students, what you're offering for the price you're offering is a steal. And, 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 to not only educate the students, but the parents in the process, um, just to see your students be successful that I think, I think it's a fabulous program. So I just wanted to take a moment to, to say that and, and give my own personal plug for it. Well, thank you so much. That, that, that means a lot to me. We, you know, I, I always say that I, I, I sort of shaped our program based off of all the things that we hear from my former clients of, of what either what they need or what they didn't get from using another coaching service. So I, I make sure that everything we do is tailored to making this process as comfortable as possible for both the student and the parent. Yeah. So teachers, check that out. Uh, check out the the coaching that Tim has as well as the Summer Conservatory program. Um, and that is all found on his website, thecollegeaudition.com. Uh, Tim, I would love to hear a little bit about the book. And I know you have an update coming out in the next few months, but uh, mm. why should teachers check that out? Yeah, so um, I was sort of sharing with you before we started recording today that the, the book that's out there right now um, is is a very short, quick read for high school students. It just sort of gives a very basic overview of the process uh, of auditioning for college. And it was originally written just to be something that I was going to give out for free at, at, at these Thespian festivals and things to students. But as, you know, because I self-published on Amazon, it was available for purchase on Amazon, too. And people started buying it very quickly. Um, And I had a lot of teachers just going in and buying it for their classes, um, which was very flattering to me. But it made me sort of quickly realize that I needed to get a revised version out soon um, that sort of goes a little bit more in depth in the process. Um, And so that that is going to be coming out in the next couple of months. It was originally slated to come out (laughs) in March of 2020 um, (laughs) when the world shut down. Um, And because I didn't know what COVID was going to do sort of permanently to the college audition process, we just put the release of that on hold. Um, And then something else, too, that's that's sort of exciting that's going to be coming out very soon, um, sort of in tandem with the book is um, we're building out the, uh, a back end of our website that's going to be an app, an, a, a web-based app called Spotlight. Um, and that uh, is sort of a, a expanded version of what we currently offer our students. Um, they get access to a database of all 375 or so colleges out there that offer theater and musical theater programs. Um, and it's all of the information they need to do the research on the programs themselves. So it's not broken down by school. It's actually broken down by program at the school. So BFA acting, BA theater, if, if both of those are offered at one school, it goes through both of them. But it has a breakdown of every single program out there and the contact information, tuition information, audition information, everything that you're going to need 
uh, to do the research um, in it. And then there's also some organizational tools that are going to be part of that as well. Uh, and a um, an online video course uh, that, that is part of that. So all of my students, if you sign up for the coaching package with us, you get access to that automatically. But there's also going to be package options out there where you could just sort of meet with me in the beginning to, to, to kick you off and get you started. And then you could use the online app and video course on your own to, to sort of walk you through the process. And I will always be there, of course, if you need help along the way. Um, but that is all set to be launching here at the end of this year. So it'll be ready for the class of 2023, which I can't believe I'm saying that number out loud <laughs> and we're there already. But, um, you know, on September 1st, just to, which, uh, you know, is, is here upon us now, um, I'm we not only open applications for the conservatory, but I start signups for my class of 2023. Um, so it's, it's, it's almost time to start working with that new class already, um, which is incredible to think about. I feel like we literally just started with this 2022 <laughs> class. Maybe it's because none of us ever leave our houses anymore. Right. But <laughs> what is man, time the last at this point? year has, what is it even? I mean, <laughs> So I know you said the, the, the new application opened September 1. This will probably air uh, after that. Um, is it a, mm -hmm. kind of an ongoing rolling application up until you begin in January, or do you have a cutoff? Um, I, I cut it off when I reach um, sort of capacity, and um, I don't have a, a, a set number. So it's really important to me that no matter how many students I have, I can I can meet with a student and I already know sort of what their main schools are that they're they're going after. I can already know, um, you know, all the information that I need to know about them without having to go back and refer to my notes. Mm -hmm. um, some years I have fifty five. Some years I have forty five. Um, I cut it off just when I feel like I've gotten to the capacity based on how much that class is going to need of my time. If I have several students that don't have voice teachers or might need a little bit of extra coaching on material that I know is going to take a little bit more of my time, I sort of pull back a little bit on that number. Um, with the addition of my, my two um, associate coaches now, um, you know, I might try to push that number up to 60 or so. But again, once I get to that point where I need to refer to my notes a little bit more, that just becomes not fair to the student. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was sort of one of the things that when I when I started the program, I wanted to make sure that the complaint that I was hearing about uh, some of the other coaches out there never happened to me. And that was, you know, at the beginning of every call, they spend the first 20 minutes reminding you who they are. Uh, and I just don't want that to happen ever. So, um, yeah, I do eventually cut it off. Um, but, you know, that normally doesn't happen until February or so um, when when we get to that number. Um but as far as the applications for the conservatory, um, we do rolling admissions for that and we cap the number of students at 100. So um, we will keep accepting and they will be open until we get to 100 students or uh, I believe our deadline this year is May 1st. Okay. Well, good deal. I will, I will um, work to get this out here in the early part of the fall so that hopefully some teachers can can check yeah. check, check out what you're doing and send some students your way so um and i i've also i'm looking on the on the website you you offer 30-minute consultations as well um if people want to call and or and meet okay. with you and just see what it's about and have any question preliminary questions answered so I do that not only for rising seniors but I, we have underclassmen as well so if you're in ninth or tenth grade 
Um, we do one hour consultations for underclassmen as well, where you can come meet with me. Um, and I ask you to just bring a couple of songs in a monologue, maybe share a dance video with me. Um, and I will give you sort of the guidance as to what you need to be doing in the next couple of years to prepare yourself before you get to that, um, you know, second semester your junior year when we are going full steam ahead. So Tim, what, um, what is something that you wish teachers would do to help prep their kids, uh, not only for, for, for college auditions and applications, but, um, entering the, the, the industry, uh, before they talk to you. Um, I have something that I wish teachers would know, and that's that they work with their students to learn to check their emails. Um, you know, check your email. That's where your information is going to come. Check your email, check your email, check your email. What about you? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. When we start with a new student, um, during the college process, I make them create a new email that is used just for the college audition process that they only give that email to the schools that they're applying to so that if anything comes into that inbox, we know it's important and it must be read. Um, so that is very important too, because during the process, the, the schools don't communicate with the parents. They don't want to deal with the parents. They want to deal with the students because the students are young adults. So it's on them to stay on top of it. So I, I second that wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> make sure that they're accepting emails and stuff. And a lot of the schools have sort of caught on that teenagers are awful at email. So a lot of the schools now ask as part of the application process, can we contact you by text? And thank goodness they do that because no matter how much I harp on these kids, um, there's still emails that don't get read and, and I don't understand it. But um, I guess one of the things that I would really love if more high school teachers understood was that the colleges genuinely do not care how many shows these kids have been in. And I feel like a lot of the high schools, just because of the demand of of the students that might not necessarily be um, in this um, for the long term, you know, they, they just want the instant gratification of doing shows. I get it that there's some of the high schools out there that turn and burn five shows a year or whatever. Um, But the students need to focus more on their training. They need to make sure they're going to their dance classes and their voice lessons and things as well. And when I hear a student say, oh, oh I haven't had voice lessons in a couple of months because we've been in rehearsals for our fall musical or our spring musical, I cringe at that because <laughs> that's not the important piece for these colleges. The colleges are way more excited about the kid that comes in with one show on their resume that kills it in the audition room because they've gone religiously to their voice lessons and dance classes and and acting classes. That's the important part. That training piece is what needs to come first. And it, it, it is frustrating when um, the, the high school teachers, which I understand again, they're wearing that producer hat. It's, it's super important that the leads in their shows are there at every rehearsal and, and all of that. But at the same time, you know, as a high school teacher, it's your job to prepare these kids for college and make and having them miss their dance classes and, and things for those those rehearsals. It's really, really hurting the students in, in, in many ways. Um, and then the high school teachers also have to remember January, February of, of their senior year really has to be dedicated to the auditions. Um, that is more important than anything else in their lives at that moment. So being extra hard on those kids because you have rehearsals for your spring musical at that time 
that's not fair to them. That is not, that's not fair to the kid because they're hearing it from me. Um, and in this case, I'm sorry, but I'm the one that's right. Um, that their auditions are more, more important because that's their future. They have to be not just available that day for the audition, but the week leading up to, they have to be getting their rest and they have to be paying attention to their health and not, you know, trying to have too many irons on the fire because they have to be at their top, you know, peak performance level for those auditions. So the the, the high school teachers sort of have, have to understand. And, and when I get new students, I, I always tell them, start wrapping your brains around the idea that if you have performances January, February, or if you have performances in March, um, you may not be able to do that show. Or if you do, it may not be able to be the lead because you're going to miss quite a lot of rehearsals. And I just wish that there were more high school teachers out there that recognize that and didn't take it personally when the student says, oh, I'm sorry, I have to miss this, I have to miss that because, sorry, but these these auditions have to take, they have to come first. Um, because once you graduate from high school, every show on your resume disappears um, and, and, and suddenly you're only listing your college shows. Yep. And again, it's just not important to the colleges. The shows are not not important to the universities. Of course, the kids need that experience. And I'm not saying that. Of course, they need to have the stage time. But they, you know, go a little easier on them and, and don't don't make them feel so guilty if they have to miss things for their future, for their college auditions. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that uh, about not taking it personally and having to be flexible because I know for me that was the only sweet spot in the calendar for the school that I had was to do my musical the end of February and mm -hmm. if I had a kid who was going to unifieds or who was going to study theater after they left me that year I it's not about me it's not you, you gotta you've got to put that kid first and and their needs and their wishes and desires you've got to put that first and mm -hmm. for some teachers listening that that's that's going to be hard to hear right now and and to swallow but it's the reality and mm -hmm. you, it that's just the reality so i appreciate you sharing that oh yeah and, and i certainly know even with covid and everything now you guys are dealing with students missing left and right and sideways and up and down and and i am i i don't know how you're all doing it i i'm i'm a member of a couple of the high school theater teacher groups on Facebook and I sit and read in horror some of the things that you guys are having to deal with right now so to add to this, to add to this you have a perfectly healthy student who's going to have to miss a bunch of your rehearsals um, I, I just I can't imagine what you guys are going through right now and, and my hat's off to all of you guys so it just wow can't imagine well and the thing and the thing with the the scheduling is we we have control over that, right? We have, we get to create our rehearsal schedule and typically the kids who are auditioning for these things, they know months in advance when those auditions are, they know they, they, it's not like it's sprung on them the day before and they're doing mm -hmm. that to you in rehearsal. You, they, they can provide you that from the beginning and you can make that work. So you owe it to the kid to do that. Absolutely. And, but I hear, I hear so many times from the kid that they're, they're scared to go to the teacher to tell them that like, oh, I don't want to. And so then, and then they, they just put it off so long that they never have that conversation until it's, it's too late. Um, so just don't, I mean, just 
up front in the beginning of the school year, let them know it's okay, just tell me um, and create that open line of communication so we don't have this problem. Because every year, I mean, every year, I get at least one theater teacher that wants to say a few things to me <laughs> about <laughs> what I'm telling the kid. And, you know, it's, it's I'm sorry, but I'm always gonna put the kid first. Um, and, and I'm not doing it to hurt your program, I promise. I'm, I'm doing it because you know, this kid has a real shot at some, some great programs. And you can't tell me that they can't go audition for a school on one of the dates that it's available because of your rehearsal. Sorry. Well, their success makes you look good. So goodness gracious. Thank you. Um, That's what I always say. And, and if you're telling the kid, please just let me know. I will work with you. Then you have to honor that when it happens. And you have to be mm-hmm. cool. Thank you for letting me know. We mm-hmm. will make that work. Um, and and right. teachers, that's just what we got to do. Well, Tim, I would love to hear one of your favorite stories from your career so far doing this. I think my favorite stories are always when I get to, to find... Um, when I sort of get to, to, to clearly make a change in a student's life and, and completely change the trajectory of where they're going. Um, my, one of my most recent favorite stories happened at the Texas Thespian Festival um, where I always go in and I, I always offer a couple of, you know, preparing for the college audition workshops where I teach the whole overview and everything. But I find that those aren't as well attended as when I go and do my uh, vocal technique workshops and I sort of just pepper in the college audition process with it. So I always do fun ones. Like I do a, um, a workshop for boys called bro belting. Um, and that's always really popular. And at the Texas Thespians a couple of years ago, I had a student walk in um, and he volunteered to sing at the bro belting class. And um, he sang Santa Fe from Newsies, which I mean, 99 out of a hundred of them sang Santa Fe from Newsies, but um he really just blew the roof off the place. And I was standing there shocked when he finished this song as a a junior in high school. And I said, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? Where where are you planning on auditioning for school? He's like, I was going to go to school probably on a swimming scholarship for business and um, probably go to Sam Houston or something. And I was like, "Mm, no, you're not. (laughs) Um, So I, I said, please have your mom reach out to me uh, and we're going to chat a little bit. And, and mom reached out to me um, the next week. We had a, 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 a Zoom call. I was, I was Zooming before Zooming was cool um, uh, with all of my students. And um, I, I said, you know, he has a real knack for this. And she's like, yeah, we, we knew that he was good at it. And he always gets leads at a school. But, I mean, they went to this tiny town right on the Mexican border of Texas that um, – so they just said, you know, I didn't know that he was going to be good on a national level. And he, he just thought he was going to do business because that's what his dad did. And um, I said, no, I really think he does have a shot at this. So um, I walked him through the process and they knew nothing about it. Um, and he got into University of Michigan and he goes to UMich now for, um, for musical theater. And I mean, to go from not, even considering theater as an option to getting into arguably the top program in the country. Those are the stories that I kind of live for and that I absolutely get up every day for. And that they're the reasons why I go to these thespian festivals, because I love finding those kids and just being the one to reassure them, um, 
to say, you know, you can actually do this because it's, there's so many of them that are just filled with such doubt about it. Um, either because they don't know anything about it because their parents told them that there's no career in it or whatever. Um, but I, I've got a few stories like that, that, that um, I, I had a student that same year um, that he, uh, I was a trans student and, and he was accepted to Baldwin Wallace. So he was the first trans student accepted into a major musical theater program in the United States. Um, it's stuff like that, that I, I just love, I live for that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that it's always my favorite. It's, it's always my favorite story when I, when I've clearly made that impact on a student. Um, and, and that's why I do it. That's why I get up every day. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. Well, my, my final two questions are the ones that I ask everyone. Um, and so it, I know we have collegeaudition.com. We've got your book. We've got the podcast on the website, all the great things, the conservatory. Um, aside from that fantastic resource and and uh, services that you, you provide there, what is another resource that, that is a must-have for teachers right now, for theater teachers? I think instead of a, a resource, I think I would – I think that it's really important that the teachers um, just go on to – the websites that these kids are going to be using for their college audition process so they can familiarize themselves with it, go to um, accepted.com um, and tell your students about accept, uh, getaccepted.com um, because that is a fantastic resource, not only for the college audition process, but to help them find summer programs and training in advance and familiarize yourself with what it is that these students are going to have to go through during the process so that you can truly understand all of the stress and pressure that they're under during the process. So, you know, familiarize yourself with the Common App, familiarize yourself with Accepted, um, and, and and just try to understand what it is that these kids are going to have to prepare for, because it's so much more than just a couple of songs and a monologue. Um, and, and I think that the teacher should really get to know that a little bit more. I think that's fantastic. So I know it took a moment to get there, but I think it's fantastic. I think teachers need to do that. Um, and then my final question for you is what are some parting words of wisdom for new teachers entering the theater teacher, theater education field or the veteran teacher just needing an encouraging word right now? I think it would be really amazing um, if teachers started to um, make it a point to expose the kids to some of the classics um, you know, produce Oklahoma and Hello Dolly and Guys and Dolls and some of those classic musical theater shows that I just see that the students aren't aren't being exposed to. I had a student that just started with me a couple weeks ago, and we're trying to find material for him. And and you know, one of the requirements is a pre nineteen seventy song. And I said, well, what's the you know what's the most classic show that your school's ever produced? And he said, Newsies. And I was just shocked at that. And when you're picking your shows and things, I know that you have to really focus on ticket sales. And you have so, like I said so many times, you have so many other pressures on you. Just remember that part of this is to educate the students as well and teaching them about the foundations and the beginnings of this art form is so, so important to them. And it's going to help them so much when it comes time for them to find this material um, for their auditions that don't be afraid to be the bold teacher 
that's producing Brigadoon when everyone else is doing Kinky Boots. I, I think that that's the best thing that you can do for your kids. That's good. That's good. Well, Tim, thank you so much for, for joining me today. The website is thecollegeaudition.com. Um, I will have a link to Tim's book, uh, his the Amazon link on his page when this comes out. Uh, so, Tim, thank you for joining me, and I wish you all the best this year. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Tune in next week for the next one. We have so many great teachers coming up and so many that have already been with us. So if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, go on your favorite podcast provider, subscribe to us, rate us, leave us five stars, review us. More importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. Visit our website, www.fedtalks.com for the pages for all the teachers who have been on our show email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com if you have an idea for a future guest on the show or suggestions or topics that you'd like to have on the show email me i love interacting with you on there and i always follow up follow us on all of the social media that's out there we are out there on twitter at theater ed talks on facebook we have a fed talks page and instagram fed talks podcast once again our website is www.fedtalks.com Thank you, teachers, for all that you do. Thank you for listening. Continue to be the lights that you are in changing all those lives. I appreciate you. Take care.